Alex and David, as usual, and uh, this is the first episode of the second season of Sky Lounge podcast. This is the first time you listen to us in 2024, so Happy New Year. I'm not sure if it's still appropriate to say Happy New Year when it's uh, January 26th today, but nevertheless, we wish you all the best in this year. Um, David, do you want to say a few words? Absolutely, Alex. And uh, there was a slight pause before we started. And I think one of my resolutions for this year is try to meditate and listen a little bit more. So, so hopefully I'll keep to it. Like Alex said, we're 26 days into the year, but I think you can actually wish people a happy new year till maybe about December the 30th of this year. So it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, every single day should be good. So I think, yes, Alex, yeah, we just go ahead and say happy new day, maybe not new year. So I think that's, that's a better, that's a better greeting to sort of look at. Right. Um, I mean, it's been a very eventful, uh, month so far, right? So many things happened, uh, even in the first week of January already, I, I was honestly shocked to watch the news one after the other. I know, and I just can't imagine it's just 26 days into the year. Uh, it seems a really long time. And uh, aviation, as usual, wants to hog all the limelight. Uh, you know, newspapers look for, for news and uh, the aviation industry gives it to them. And I think the first two incidents that we had during the start of the year, I think pretty varied, pretty different. It involved, one was involving Airbus and one was involving Boeing. So I got, I think both of them got their fair share of, of coverage. And I think uh, it's good that at least from a, from a seriousness perspective or loss of life, of course, there was loss of life in the Japanese accident, but uh, it could have been much worse. Um, and I think, you know, if you look at the JAL incident, the accident, um, it was perhaps, I would say, a testimony of how aviation is uh, to get everyone out safely um, that it was not worse than what it was unfortunately you know like I said before people still lost their life in the Coast Guard plane which is always you know not something that that you want to happen but I think there were two or three things that I would say maybe if you talk about that we're not going to go into the you know analysis of of what happened, why it happened, because I think there have been thousands and thousands of people speaking about it. But I think what, what stood out for me, uh, number one is the difference between when you see something on the news and when you actually analyze it. Uh, it took actually the last passenger, the, sorry, not the passenger, the last person stepped off the JAL plane after 18 minutes. The captain, yeah? The captain, so it was mm -hmm. 18 minutes. So sometimes when you look at the pictures of this plane, which was completely charred beyond recognition and, you know, the fire and all, it seems really like in the movies where things happen super fast. But of course, in this particular case, you know, uh, the situation can only be gauged when you're on, on the plane. And I think that's where the crew did a good job. And of course, there were two, I think, emergency exits that they could not use. So they had to make use with the balance ones. Uh, people were pretty orderly and disciplined and I think that made all the difference as well. Thank goodness it was a domestic flight so I don't think people had a lot of hand baggage as well. So that was the plus point and I think it also was showed the resilience of the aircraft, the 350, in terms of the sort of material use, the technology use. Uh, so it was a good sort of you know outcome from that but I would like to say uh, yes 90 minutes is what the ideal time is but if you look at it in reality, 18 minutes, minutes is when the, the captain actually stepped off the plane. 90 seconds. Yeah, 90 seconds. But, oh my God, I'm thinking already in minutes. Goodness gracious me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 90, like, 90, 90 minutes is ideal 90, time. Oh my no. God, 90 minutes. I wish we had 90 minutes in, in aviation. We could actually go to Doha and back in 90 minutes, I guess, from I here, know. from Abu Dhabi. I know, but, but as you rightly said, it's 
fascinating to analyze what actually happened. And, you know, for me, what was also very impressive is that how fighters decided to uh, let it burn in some parts and they use like a special technique, you know, so then like uh, making way, uh, emergency way safe for the passenger, but not directly spraying it on the on the aircraft and that was also the first time the composite frame completely burned off so this is also i guess like airbus and uh, i mean everyone in the industry will analyze then and take some lessons from it because this is the first time but honestly i am uh, i am amazed by how uh, jowl uh, performed in this situation how japanese passengers well i assume mostly japanese people were on board but like uh <laughs> I, I don't think this would be the same in any other country, honestly. Um, and even like I think you posted on LinkedIn a few year, a few days ago or someone else. Um, but it caught my eye the safety video of JAL, right? It is very different from any other safety video. While other airlines they focus more on you know like uh, uh, fancy marketing and people dancing and performing and making more like entertainment, which is amazing. Like it's it's gonna cut your eye while you watch it, but then Jal's video if com- is like completely unsexy, if I can say so. It's like it's just basic design, but focus on safety, and I think that's what helped a lot in this situation. No, I think that's also spot on. And the video part, uh, you know, safety video is one important fact. And I think, uh, you know, if you look at the one that Qantas just released about two days ago. I think it's either nine, uh, 15 minutes or 20 minutes long, the safety video. Oh, really? I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's that's uh, I've just, I, I didn't have the time to go through it completely. But then, you know, you got this balance that you've got this really long one, which Qantas has just, you know, released. And, and uh, fun fact, uh, Qantas is one of the safest airlines in the world uh, in terms of a safety record. So anyway, but uh, we, we, let's stick to the videos. So this is one of the longest, uh, it's a pretty long safety video. So just imagine 20 minutes, but uh, it's got a lot of other things woven into it. So does it actually take away the focus on safety? You know, like you pointed out on the JAL video, it should be to the point, very clear. So people have it in their heads, right? No distractions. Mm. So that's, I, that's what I believe it should be because you never know when you would need to use it you would never know when the situation would come. So I'm a firm believer that video should be to the point and people should be made to listen to them. Um, and I guess hopefully let's see what happens. But I think I think it's not going to be the case, uh, Alex. You know, they are, they are really good branding tools for airlines. So airlines always focus on making their, their videos jazzier, snazzier and, uh, you know, musical sing and dance alongs as well. <laughs> I mean, 20 minutes, honestly, now uh, I really have to watch it. Like, I will do it immediately after this recording because I'm just thinking, what can you include in 20 minutes? I mean, it's a lot, right? I, I, now I'm just uh, curious. But I have a question for you. So both you and I, we travel a lot, right? And I am pretty sure we, we know by heart all the rules. Um, however, do you still actually pay attention to the demonstration, to safety demonstration, if crew is doing this, or do you watch safety videos yourself still? I think I'm guilty of that as well. Of course, if there was an airline that was new to me, I would perhaps look at the video from a curiosity perspective. But if I'm sort of flying an airline for quite a few times, I normally don't tend to pay attention to, to the video. Uh, and sometimes that's bad as well, because no matter how often you fly, sometimes you need the reminder of what you need to do. We tend to forget. So I think, you know, the novelty is there to watch it for the first time. But if it's someone I'm flying often, I sort of don't pay attention to it. Yeah, I, I think I'm guilty to behave similarly uh, with an exception. So when crew... Um, crew is doing the safety video demonstration. Honestly, I feel like I have to pay attention. I have to give eye contact. I, I like it because I can imagine crews, they're doing this all the time and everyone is busy with their phones. No one is watching. So I really like, I feel bad for the crew. <laughs> so I always like look and smile and like uh, give a head shake. So probably they all think like uh, this is the first time I, 
Um, I, I get myself familiar with those rules, but uh, this is just like a new ticket for me. But uh, safety videos, yeah. If let's say I fly the airline for not for like six times, seven times, like, uh, yeah, this is just the background. I don't know. But what I always do, David, I count how many rows I am sitting to the nearest emergency exit. Ooh. And if I'm traveling with someone I care about, not just a random passenger, I tell this person. So I say, we are four rows like uh, behind the emergency exit. And uh, usually people traveling with me, they first like, uh, why do I need this information? Because I say, well, you know, if it's fire and you cannot see anything, you're gonna, you know, count the number of seats and number of rows. So that's what I always do. I think that's a great tip. And, you know, for me, I don't do that. But I'll tell you why. Maybe I put my faith too much in aviation, you know. I just go on board the plane, put on my seatbelt. I'm happy and I'm saying, oh, a few hours, I'm going to be where I am. I never think about, you know, the what if could happen. So you're actually reminded me that maybe the next time I fly, I should be doing that as well. Uh, you know, because you never know. You never know. And then you don't want to be disoriented, right? And And sort of trying to look around. So... Yeah, no, that's a good tip. And I would suggest that to everyone listening to this, that maybe, okay, you're not listening to safety videos, but actually look and see where the emergency exits are. Uh, you never know if you could need them, you know, always be prepared. Yep, that was good. Yeah, and just when we thought everything quietened down and we were getting back to a normal 2024, the, the nuts and bolts started flying off planes. Literally. Literally, yeah, literally. And um, I think this one, everyone was a little bit more luckier with because if the aircraft had been higher, uh, if there had been somebody sitting over there, then the outcome, I think, could have been a lot worse. Yes, uh, would you say that, Alex? Uh, I would say so. I, I think, um, yeah, we got lucky. Like, as a traveling public, uh, no one was uh, sitting um, directly in this seat and it happened not that high um, on a very high um, attitude but a few days ago I was traveling uh, to Zurich and I was sitting in the emergency exit and that was the first time but that was Airbus okay um, but that was the first time I actually looked at it and I saw oh my god I have to like fasten my seat belt really tightly <laughs> Because I'm sitting in the emergency exit and, you know, I like I have a very good imagination. So actually, I kind of pictured, you know, what happens if, you know, the door blows off. Um, I mean, horrible, horrible uh, incident. I feel, uh, thanks God, no one uh, suffered. But like I, I told you before, and I think our listeners also heard about it. That even before this incident, I was not eager to get back on the max. Well, I'm telling you now, uh, I really, I try to avoid it at all cost. At literally at all cost. I want to see, uh, I want to see how long you'll be able to avoid it for Alex. So for me personally, I would say, okay, if I have to get on a max, I'll get on it. Uh, you know, but yes, you know, that always with what's the history of the aircraft, it definitely creates this sort of, you know, thought about this aircraft. But uh, I want to be the devil's advocate here. I mean, can you really, really say, no, I'm not going to fly on it? And for how long? That's what I want to see. It's going to be six months. It's going to be a year before Alex finally says, OK, you know what? I'm going to try it out. Well, let's see how creative uh, I could be. So on Sunday, I'm flying with Sun Express. And Sun Express, actually, most of its fleet is 737 MAX 8. Yeah, And that's what they fly to Berlin. Every day, it's 737 MAX 8. And I really wanted to fly with them because the other option was Pegasus. And I wanted to fly with Sun Express. Uh, it worked better for me in terms of time and just in general. I like Sun Express. But the problem is it's 737 Max every day. So literally, David, I spent few hours trying to figure out is there any option with Sun Express that I don't get a Max? And apparently on Sundays, they have a different rotation and it's older 737. It's not Max. So um, you want to guess? 
I booked that flight, so I'm flying on Sunday <laughs> and I'm flying back also on Sunday. Despite this is more expensive and they fly every day, I had actually flexibility. But I'm telling you, if they swap aircraft last minute, which we know can happen, I'm screwed. I'm officially screwed. I don't know what I will be doing. I don't want to fly on the max. But I guess you'll have no option. So anyway, let's keep our fingers crossed, uh, you know, and hope that you don't have to, you know, fly on the max. Yeah. But like I said, is I'm going to still throw a wager out there to everyone listening to see. Okay, guys, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see how long Alex can stay off the max. I'll report back. And I, I, I yeah, I definitely get your point of view. Uh, and especially, you know, after what we've seen with it, it just doesn't seem to sort of, you know, get away from the news, if I were to use that word. But when I talk about the general public, normally people are not too concerned about aircraft, aircraft types that they're flying on. So I guess, you know, generally speaking, airlines, you know, they have the option between the Airbus narrow bodies or Boeing narrow body, because technically speaking, you know, these are the only two options they have. And Airbus obviously has a long waiting list and an order book. And Boeing, of course, you know, okay, give you a good good price for them, for the 737s. And uh, what else do you have? So airlines would buy them. You know, I'm sure that as airlines keep modernizing fleets, you'll find more 737 Maxes coming in. But like you see, United Airlines, I think they're reconsidering their their order of the Maxes. I don't know which variant it is. And I think even Southwest, I think, has taken out the the Dash Seven from their order book. But that's more, I think, because of certification delays that could happen. But I think, Alex, it's interesting to see that this is always, you know, the way this keeps coming back to Boeing. And I just hope this time around that there are some fixes put in place, which are long lasting, which brings back faith in, in you know, this aircraft. And uh, what happened was, I'm sure would have been really scary, would have been really, really scary for people, you know, on board that aircraft, you know, especially that, that young teenager who had this sort of shirt suck or t-shirt sucked off his uh you know you know it's like oh, wow oh my goodness i shudder to think at it so are you expecting uh apple to make really good marketing out of it because basically iphone survived the the crush right correct but somebody said it's more to do with the iphone phone case than the iphone so you know but oh <laughs> so it says like okay have a good iphone case you know so so it's one of okay. those those gorilla ones that they say right they can withstand any fall so i'm sure that'll be a good marketing but even for apple it's 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 a it's a great thing to say you know apple our phone fell from the sky and it still worked yeah. right yeah yeah but you see that's what it is yeah but i i just hope that for the you know for the 11 months of this year touch wood that uh, from an aviation perspective we do not have you know the way it started this year i just hope that oh yeah 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 me too Definitely. i know i know anyway let's move away from uh, from our friends the uh, the aircraft manufacturers to something more interesting and you know i've been really jealous oh no in a nice in a, <laughs> in a nice way in a nice way in a nice way of of seeing your picture your sunburn picture and then i saw the the lovely picture of you know all the food and the, or you know the champagne and then you know what i saw just yesterday uh jordina rodriguez rodriguez ronaldo's partner okay she actually chartered the Beyond Aircraft to fly from Riyadh to, uh, to to Maldives. This was this week or was it last week? She chartered the entire aircraft. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was saying, you know what? Ha, sorry. Sorry, Georgina. I know somebody more famous. <laughs> Her name is Alexandra. So I'm not interested, interested in watching that picture. So, so for me, the way I would look at it is, to, to our listeners, who would you prefer? Alexandria or Georgina? Oh, wow. Yeah, let them decide. Oh, wow. We're going to throw that out there. You make me, you make me flush, I... David. And I'm already very red from my sunburn. Sunburn, so. <laughs> correct? Absolutely. Nobody will notice a dime. You can just tell them it's a sunburn. <laughs> no, but uh, again, I saw a post this, this morning as well that uh, Beyond had welcomed their thousand passenger passenger number 1000 on board, which I think is, I, I'm, I didn't do the maths, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll take us through how many seats are there on the aircraft and then we can perhaps do the maths on, on how they are doing. 
But uh, to all our listeners out there and those of you who have seen uh, Alexandra's pictures on LinkedIn, she was referring to the sunburn gained not in an aircraft, but uh, in a lovely remote desert island. Was it a desert island? No, I don't think it was a desert island. I'll let her tell you where it was. So take us through your experience. Where do you depart from? Which airline, I mean, did you fly? It's a funny name, but, and ultimately, how was your trip? And I'll interrupt you in between. Okay, okay, so let's Just do to it. make sure that, you know, if I have any questions, yeah? Yeah, so I just flew with Beyond, the, the new airline, um, the new Maldivian-based uh, airline. I flew from Zurich to Male um, and back. Um, so they currently fly, I believe, from Zurich, from Munich, from Riyadh. Um, I'm not sure if they started Dubai yet. This I don't know. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I think Dubai would be, I think, in April, if I'm not wrong. And Milan. And Milan in Italy as well is coming up soon. So, yeah, the entire aircraft. So, the, the concept that they have is all business class. Um, the entire aircraft is 44 life flat seats. Um, so, you've got 11 rows, um, four seats in each row. So, it's 2-2. Two, two. Um, and it looks like it looks really fabulous. It looks uh, posh, I would say, and luxurious, uh, but also stylish. You know, I really liked it. Like in general, I like black colors, darker colors. So that was black and white and some gold. Um, the chicken check chicken. The check-in process was <laughs> was I didn't have chicken on, on that flight. I'm vegetarian. <laughs> no. I know. I was going to just say. I said maybe you, maybe in 2024 you decided to become non-vegetarian. So I was thinking about that. No, no. Well, listeners will correct me. Uh, I'm pescatarian. I mean, occasionally I, I eat um, seafood, especially when I'm offered lobster tail, but I'm going to talk about that ah. later. Yeah. So the check-in process was really uh, smooth and seamless. I start three hours before the flight, uh, but that is like, that is more than enough, to be honest. Um, I've got my boarding pass and... Um, it's a priority line at Zurich, which, funny enough, was twice as long as the normal line. So, uh, <laughs> actually, I was standing there and I was like, okay, uh, that time that I'm in the priority line, of course, it gets so busy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no worries about that. I, it was still very quick. And, uh, and then I got to the, to the lounge. Because basically, uh, beyond, they still have different uh, buckets of fares, right? And uh, the, the, the most basic fare uh, does not include lounge access. And then the, the next fare includes lounge access. So obviously, I wanted to try lounge as well. And the uh, lounge was amazing. It was Aspire first. So it's like first class lounge. Uh, it was very small, like boutique lounge. I haven't been to that lounge in Zurich. Uh, I enjoyed it greatly. And what I also enjoyed is that they call it call you directly from the lounge. So basically, when I was there, you know, um, someone came by and said, uh, you know what, uh, everyone who is here, they are flying beyond. So we're going to come and pick you up. And by the way, that lounge is supposed to close at 9 p.m. But our boarding was 9.20 or something like that. So actually I asked like, oh, should I go at 9 already? He said, no, 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 it will remain open for you, which I also enjoyed a lot. Um, yeah, boarding, David, boarding was complete like in six minutes. That was the quickest boarding that I've ever seen. Because you imagine, I mean, it's only like one cabin. People don't have so many suitcases. They are not fighting over each other, not like trying to make their way. Um, it was very like easy and enjoyable, I would say. Yeah, we've got on board and... Uh, then we were off to uh, 11 hour journey to the Maldives. 11 hours, okay. Yeah, 11 hours, uh, 11 or 11 ish. So basically currently what they do because it's 319. So it's a baby bus as we call it uh, in the industry, right? Um, uh, 319 and they have to make a stop in uh, Dubai uh, to refuel. 
so that was like six hours or something like that from Zurich to to Dubai uh, DWC right that's the yes. name of yeah DWC correct I always Dubai confuse yeah DXB and DWC yeah DWC DWC uh, quick refueling stop so like only one hour we didn't get off the aircraft uh, also crew change hap- uh, happened uh, we've got a new set of crew and uh, new pilots and then we were off to Maldives and that was four four and a half hours or something like that yeah okay. and on both legs uh, you get a meal service and honestly I never felt as full after my flight as I felt like this time so I ate both times which I actually regretted a little bit because that was really <laughs> too much food it was amazing very tasty but honestly too much so what they do they serve you restaurant size portions not airplanes uh, airplane size portions we know even in premium cabins sometimes it's like very moderate size portions uh but that was that was really a lot of food um yeah and very tasty delicious food and drinks see i think you know i think it's like it gets you into the holiday vibe because uh, obviously speaking uh, and we'll talk a little bit about their business model you know when we come to the destination but i think you know that's the whole point of being on holiday not to worry about you know being on a diet or you know what not to eat what what should i eat what should i not eat it's about enjoying the holiday so i think you know it's great to be pampered even before you arrive at the destination and you know I, I don't think you should feel guilty about it i mean i think you should you know you should say wow you know it was it was a great sign i'm saying wow <laughs> exactly exactly but uh, but my question is you've got almost 44 seats and assuming let's say you had a full aircraft so it's almost like double the size perhaps of a normal wide body you know business class cabin so uh, if I were to use it, because most airlines today, you know, you've got 30 seats in business class, plus or minus, you know. Uh, so how quick was the service? How attentive is the service? Because, you know, uh, it's quite a lot of people still when you look at it from, from, a, from, a, pre- from a business class perspective. Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, honestly, I don't know how it would be if the flight was full. The flight was not full. Um, so maybe we were like... Uh, 50% full at the max. I mean, yeah, of course, they're just kicking off, right? So um, it's going to take a little bit of time until um, they build the capacity. But like we, we were 50% full and uh, uh, the crew was super friendly and attentive. And, uh, you know, I felt like it was a good balance between professional, uh, yet relaxed, yet informal. Um, it was... Um, it was timed very well how they serve everything. They they watch like when you finish and then they serve you the next um, the next uh, meal. Um, so I felt like it was a really good service. And uh, what I also want to tell you is that you don't have standard IFE screen. Um, so sit back IFE, you've got an iPad. I've got an iPad. And that was I really enjoyed, to be honest, because so you can hold it, you can lay down with it if you are like sleeping and you still watch it. You can just play around with it however you want. And you are getting uh, the, the wireless Beats headset, which is like amazing. Finally, you don't have to sort out this wire situation and try to find where to put it. And it always like... When I fall asleep, I I still like to listen to something and usually like the wires is getting disconnected and you know, you get mad and you don't want to sleep anymore. So this is not existent with with the wireless headset and you can connect this headset to your own device so you can listen to your own podcasts, to our podcast on your own device (laughs) with this um, wireless headset. Love it. But just a question. So is the iPad sort of preloaded with in, uh, entertainment content and movies? How does it normally work? Yeah, correct. It's preloaded. It's preloaded. So they have some movies. They have some TV series. Like, like a standard selection. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Music podcasts. I just wonder how... Mm-hmm. Music podcasts as well. But how do they... I wonder... I mean, this is just me asking. Don't, don't answer about... I don't need to answer about it. That I've got this Beats headset that Beyond has given me. 
how does Beyond keep track of how many have been returned and how many have not been? Because you know what, uh, you know, as it stands, I remember the old days, right? The crew used to come around with the bags, you know, when you were eating yeah. in the economy and headset please, headset please. They don't do it now. They don't do it anymore. So I'm just thinking of Beyond, you've got these Beats headsets, which are, you know, how do you actually keep track of whether you've got them back or not? Uh, that's a good question. And by the way, some airlines still do collect headsets nowadays, even in premium cabins. I've seen okay. I've seen this very often. Um, I, I don't know, probably, I mean, this is just my idea, but maybe they are thinking like, I mean, you if you are flying on this aircraft, probably you're sorted out uh, with your life and you wouldn't want to, you know, sneak away something. But this is just like my basic assumption. Although I assume some people still would want to do this. So I would be curious to know, you know, how many headset less they have at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Are they sort of branded beyond on the headsets as well? Is the brand on that as well? It says beyond. Yeah. So they are black and it says beyond. And on the iPad cover as well, it says beyond. Yeah. Okay. So I guess when, when do they collect back the iPads from you? Obviously before they land. No, they don't. They didn't. They didn't. So what you have, you have like a, like a sort of a bag um, that you put your iPad in, and the, the bag is just in the seat, in the seat pocket. So when you come, it's there. And uh, um, now when I'm thinking about it, maybe on my flight from Zurich to Maldives, they did collect iPads. But that was at the very end of the flight. And I, I assumed that was because, you know, they also want to disinfect and stuff because it was very clean. I am I was actually a little bit, uh, you know, uh, concerned about that because it's harder to clean it off, right, than the standard IFE. And so I was like, how this is going to be like clean? But that was perfectly clean. Uh, yeah. So how is the overall ambience in the aircraft? Did you feel, I mean, you ex you described it to us, you know, very luxurious feel, a lot of dark colors. You've got a little bit of gold and the white. So how did you, I mean, what was the ambience on board? Did it give you that sort of feeling of luxury? Yeah, absolutely. I I never flew on a private jet, but that was the, the closest to the private jet, I think, that I experienced. Because how you imagine private jet is... Uh, you know, it's an exclusive cabin and, uh, you know, everything is like uh, uh, designed to, to perfect it to the detail. Um, and that's how I felt, right? Still on, on a normal airline, when you get into business, you still um, know there is economy uh, behind you, premium economy, whatever. You still see people passing by, you know, uh, fighting over the, the lockers and stuff. Uh, but here it's a completely different story. You don't get this feeling. You are just boarded very quickly and it almost feels like, you know, okay, let's go. I, I tell you, let's go. So that's exactly how I felt because we boarded <laughs> and they were like, okay, now we're going to be, you know, uh, departing soon. That was very quick. And they have also pre-departure drinks. They have juices, different juice cocktails. Uh, and uh, I mean, usually I don't uh, like those juice cocktails because I find it too sugary and uh, usually I just stick to water or champagne um, or champagne yeah but, but, but pre-departure drink did not include champagne I think it has to do something with the Maldivian regulation you know Correct. later Correct. on yeah. yes but pre-departure no so but both times I had a juice actually a juice cocktail really nice the best juice cocktails that I had not that I had so many but like <laughs> What is the one that's called on JetBlue? Uh, that's that's a mocktail, right? The one on JetBlue. Uh, no, that was a real cocktail. Mint ah, condition. Ah, the oh. mint condition. Okay, now I'm just I'm just going back to that previous episode as well. No, but you know it's it's really interesting. The reason I asked you this question because I was doing a little bit of research on that aircraft, mm -hmm. and the aircraft itself is about 20 years old, and it started out life as an easy jet aircraft. It's had two subsequent airlines after that so it's got it was three airlines I don't remember the other two names I mean it's, I got it there and then of course you've got now beyond so it's really surprising that from an aircraft perspective what a little bit of loving and tender care in terms of refurbishments can actually change an aircraft you know and people don't realize how old the aircraft is but when airlines don't maintain their aircraft mm -hmm. 
uh, and we're going to talk maybe a little bit later on it in 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 a in a slightly different context that that's when people you know complain uh, about you know the flight and the service and the ambience because the first important thing is the ambience you go on board the aircraft you say wow you know yeah it's like you 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 want to be there you you feel like being there on that aircraft and the blankets uh, sleepers amenity kit everything is matching this common style so you know like sometimes you get on board and it looks amazing but then you get those very very cheap sleepers which are functional okay you know uh can do with that but still it's a different feeling here when everything is matching and then they make up a bed for you so uh, the return flight was a night flight we boarded at uh, 8 40 8 40 we actually departed and uh, we arrived to Zurich at uh, 6 a.m. So it was entire uh, entirely night flight. They make a bed for you. Um, they, you have a mattress. You have a pillowcase that says beyond. I mean, honestly, that was the most luxurious experience. I never flew Emirates first or other airlines first. Uh, so maybe it can compare. But with p- business products, I don't think anyone can reach to that level. I think, you know, it's interesting to look at the model and I think the founders of Beyond were pretty smart and switched on, but of course they're pretty brave as well. I would call them brave. Uh, you know, uh, we've got to talk a little bit about the Maldives and how you got your sunburn. So we'd like to get to that part of it. But I think, you know, when I when I look at the model and I think the smart thing that they did was there are there are all business class airlines flying around in the world, not too many, but there are some. But I think the difference with Beyond is that they focused on the luxury holiday segment of the market. And I think the Maldives is a great destination because it was one of the success stories of uh, during the pandemic. Uh, You know, the way that Maldives positioned itself during the pandemic, it was sort of technically doing really well when when people wanted to go somewhere. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, came to know about the Maldives and the islands and stuff like that. So I think... It's great to have a great airline to fly on to a nice holiday luxury destination where it's truly a holiday. You know, you feel pampered from, you know, the time you get on board to the time you get to your hotel and you don't want to actually return back. And I'll be interested to see if they can replicate this model to destinations such as Bali, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, a great holiday destination. Where where else where else would you think of Alex? You know, which is a nice holiday destination. Um, I mean, I think they're gonna be focusing only on Maldives, exclusively on Maldives for the time being. Yeah, but me trying to dream and saying, okay, if this wants oh, to grow, okay. grow Other as airlines. a concept, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. even even beyond as a concept to say, you know what, if we fly to Maldives, great. We also fly to Bali. We also fly to Seychelles. You know, so there are so many of these nice exotic destinations that are around that, you know, a concept such as Beyond with scheduled aircraft can become really a great experience. But again, you'll argue, you know, why don't you fly Emirates, which has a great, say, business class, uh, and why fly Beyond, you know? So that's always a debate that would sort of come up and say, what's the actual Mm -hmm. standout factor between flying one of the commercial ones versus Beyond? Uh, I mean, the answer, I think, to this should be simple. Uh, If you can, try uh, this kind of experience and just compare for yourself how um, you enjoy it compared to traditional um, airline products, premium products. For me, like, if I have to choose again, um, would I fly to Maldives uh, with a traditional legacy carrier, even in premium or beyond? I would choose beyond. Because I honestly enjoyed this experience, and to me it felt very unique and and very different. Um, but I think it's hard to describe even the, with like uh, with all the you know um, with all the facts that I, I can throw at you un, uh, until you try. Um, it's hard to you know imagine it for yourself and believe in it. Agree, agree, and I think it's the proof only comes when you try a product. We can talk as much as we want about it, but when you actually experience a product, that's what makes the whole difference. Exactly, and talking about experiencing the product, I want to ask you something because we know that Abu Dhabi 
new terminal was opened uh, quite recently, right? And you've got to travel a few times uh, since then. And you told me about this amazing new lounge. So, dear listeners, sorry, we are going today this uh, very luxurious pass uh, with our episode. We are talking about uh, Beyond and the lounges. But I'm really curious to hear how was your experience. I think, you know, it was... We were just, when did we fly? fly? We've, it comes into 2023 technically, but it's actually, I would say, not even one month ago. So I think it would count as coming into this podcast. Uh, it was on 26th and I said, okay, mm, I've seen the terminal before when it was under construction, walked through it, you know. But when you actually use a terminal that is bustling with people and operational, it has a whole different vibe. So we said, let's go early. Anyway, we're not going to do anything at home, so let's go early, see how check-in is, and then maybe just relax a little bit in the lounge. And having a flight that departs at about, I think it we left at about two in the afternoon, yeah, which was great for lunchtime, so so we can relax. So went to the airport, uh, check-in was great, no major crowd, you know, at that particular point of time. Going through immigration and security was also a breeze, very quick very very quick i would say it took us less than two minutes to go through immigration security absolutely no lines and then of course we started wandering through the terminal and my goodness me uh terminal a is a complete different terminal from the previous abu dhabi terminal one and three and of course you know the old terminals had their legacy had their history but frankly they had outgrown you know the pace of growth and change so i think uh the opening of the new terminal for Abu Dhabi is 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 was long overdue, and it sort of rightly positions the you know Abu Dhabi as a hub, and especially you know people like the airlines, but then they also look at their experience on the ground. So when you have a great experience in the air, but when the airport is not of the same standard, that's where the clash comes in. So anyway, long story short, the new terminal is great. You the duty free options are quite a lot, very sh- uh, sparkly, shiny, uh, a lot of restaurant options. But anyway, we said, no, 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 no. We are heading straight to, of course. <laughs> straight to the lounge. And uh, so the funny thing is we go into the lounge. Of course, there's no traditional desk that you go to go up to. Uh, like in other lounges, you go up and give your boarding card. So they're actually standing up. They take your boarding card. So it's a very concierge style sort of thing. And then we asked them, okay, uh, what happened? Uh, we said a breakfast service is going to get over in about... 30 minutes and then we'll be setting up for lunch. We said, great, we're hungry. You know, and that is the excesses of holiday season, right? So, yeah, so, so we said, great, we're going to see what happens. And normally I would have thought, you know, one, one level, the lounge, but this lounge was not on one level. So we said, okay. How many levels? Uh, we thought it was two and then we discovered it was three. Oh God. Wow. And it's a little bit funny because it sort of is a long lounge, not very broad. It's pretty long. Mm-hmm. And one side of the lounge is completely open to the air side. And as soon as we were giving my boarding card in there, I see the A380 from London. It was, it, I think it had just arrived back in. It was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I told my son, go quickly, take a picture of it because it was just going past these huge windows, you know, these huge windows. And it was a good sign, you know, you, as soon as you step into a lounge, you see an A3380 going past because the feature with this lounge is some of the gates are directly connected to the lounge as well. So I think, you know, for London, you can actually board straight from the lounge into the aircraft as well. So this has got these lovely panoramic views where you can completely, you can see the air side, which is great. Many lounges don't have it. They're sort of like you locked up in a room. This one has a lot of light coming in and it's got a very tasteful design. It's divided into all these different zones so you know so at, at the bottom you've got the dining zone then you've got the rest zone you've got the game zone you've got the smoking zone you've got the kids zone you've got the bar you've got all these small cozy areas that you can relax in as well and it felt like a hotel rather than a lounge and you have this huge escalator that takes you up to the first floor and then again further up again so we spent time exploring it and saying wow you're going to get really lost in this lounge and we were lucky because it was not too busy at that time so and then food options were pretty were pretty comprehensive as well so they really put in a lot of thought and effort into the food offerings into the service offerings and i would say wow it really 
really is something that I would say one of the better, much better lounges that I've actually experienced as well. And here's a fun story. My son normally hates going to lounges. Yeah, you told me. He usually would skip the lounge. <laughs> Absolutely. This time, of course, because of us, we went. But then he traveled. Uh, he traveled just a few days ago back, back, back to college. And uh, we told him, you know, you've got time. Why don't you go and use the lounge? We thought he's not going to because that's what he doesn't even care. He sort of goes straight to the gate and sit there. But this time around, we said, where are you? Oh, no, I'm at the lounge. Oh, don't disturb me, please. I'm at the lounge, daddy. <laughs> Abs- absolutely, absolutely. But but see, you see, that's where it is, right? And I was just telling my wife, talking to my wife, and she said the same thing, you know. He obviously liked it. That's why he went back to it yeah. this time around. But I asked him what was his feedback because his the time that he left was a slightly busier time and he said yes it got a little bit more busier but the good thing with this lounge is there are so many areas that you can sort of spread people around so you know you don't actually feel people on top of you otherwise in many lounges you literally have people sitting right on top of you and there's no privacy there's nothing at all so for me I mean one of the highlights that stood out for me was of course the terminal is is beautiful but I would say the lounge is something that is really really something that I would go much earlier to the airport for <laughs> and David, is it only Etihad? Is it exclusive to Etihad, or you know, uh, other airline partners uh, from One World can access it? They are One World, right? No, Etihad is not. So Etihad. Oh, the they are not. Uh, right. No, they do have a lot of code shares in place. Okay. Uh, they do have a lot of code shares in place, but Etihad is not aligned with any partner. So this, at the moment, is currently just an Etihad lounge. Um, most probably when I'm flying again sometime next next month, I'll be using the other non-Etihad lounges in the airport. So I would be able to sort of compare how those lounges are, which are the, you know, one which will be used by all the other airlines and sort of compare it with, is it, is it, I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be as big as, as the Etihad lounge or as good because it's Abu Dhabi is the home, home, you know, hub of Etihad. But I'm also interested to see how the other lounges are within the airport as well. So that'll be an interesting experiment for me. Yeah, and I think in general that is a really like good thing that uh, the capacity is so big. And I, of course, I assume that a lot of people will be traveling, so it might get slightly busier. But uh, I can think of many airports uh, in Europe where you get to a lounge and honestly you regret because it's just so busy, like... In Frankfurt, I usually don't go to the lounge because it's so busy. Lufthansa lounge is usually so busy, so I don't see a point of going there. Um, but it's great that you know that they plan it, and uh, I assume they also plan for the future capacity growth. I hope so. One would hope so. I hope so too, and I think the way that it's built is because the, you know the terminal is built for about thirty-five to forty million passengers, and uh, you know, and of course, right at the moment, it's not going to be at capacity for the next few years. But then again, Etihad, of course, is focusing on being a, a boutique. I would call them boutique in brackets. Of course, they're not small, but they're not huge as well. But they're focusing on the product, product service development, and I think while they invest in the aircraft as well, they do realize that the that the on the the product on the ground also makes a big difference. So I think the lounge, if you actually, you know, would go into it, you'd see that a lot of thought has gone into it. And I just hope, you know, yeah, that'll be one thing that you say, yeah, I, I don't want to leave the lounge. And and that was with us. Oh, our flight was delayed a little bit. So we said, oh, goodness me, thank you. The flight is delayed. We got a few more, few more, you know, not a few more hours of or maybe half an hour more that we can actually spend in the lounge. Oh, wow. Well, I actually never flew with Etihad, believe it or not. We need to come up with a reason for me to come to Abu Dhabi. Alex, I will give you 2001 reasons. So once we get off this call, uh, this call <laughs> with the... And one ticket. 2001 reason and one ticket. Oh, and return that's ticket. Why you had the one. <laughs> that's why you had the one. That's why you had the one. You know, so... Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think... Uh, you know, the, the beauty of airlines is each of them is unique and like beyond those unique different. But since we're on the topic of airlines uh, and uh, I'm just also looking at time as well. One thing that made the news and it goes back to the product, right, uh, is the uh, recent Air India Airbus 350, uh, which has been making a lot of noise and waves in the sky. And uh, of course, two weeks, uh, just a few days before that, my sister was traveling back to the US and she had a pretty difficult experience 
because of fog and things like that. Of course, that's that's a topic for Vimal maybe because it's a focus on customer experience and customer service. So pretty interesting story over there. But uh, long story short, she's been she's been flying on a little bit of their older equipment. So she was telling me, you know, when she was coming in, she sort of swapped a seat for somebody elderly. And she regretted that because she ended up with a seat where the IFE was not working and the tray table kept falling down each time the person at the back moved a little bit. So, she, so and that's a 14 or 15 hour flight. So that was no fun. Oh no. Yeah. At least not in the middle, right? She got a middle seat. She, she swapped. <gasps> oh God, this is my worst nightmare. Oh my God. Oh. Absolutely. She swapped a aisle seat for a middle seat, which I said, no matter what, uh, I would, I know, I told her that. So anyway, she, she's the kindest person. She's an angel. I would never, never, never do I that. I know, but oh you know what God. happened? So the neighbor at the side of her told her, I'm not watching my IFE. So if you want, you can use mine. So her head was, I mean, people can't, people can't see us, but her head was literally twisted. So just imagine you're trying to watch your neighbor's IFE screen. Your head is like at an angle, you know? So she said, you know, at least that was a, a compensation that I was able to what's something on my neighbor's screen but anyway long story short let's let's forget that but uh the the strange thing about india is that in spite of being such a big country uh aviation has been uh for for all our listeners who are perhaps not indian or not familiar with the indian aviation market it's been a pretty late comer to the aviation scene it's only the last two years that has been making all these noises and the two largest orders in the last few years has been air india and indigo or indigo and air india uh, and the funny thing with India is there are not too many wide body aircraft around. Majority of aircraft operated, operated by Indian carriers are narrow bodies. So, and there was never any Airbus 350 or Airbus wide body in India. The uh, Jet Airways had the Airbus 330, but when they went bankrupt, uh, there was no more Airbus wide bodies in the Indian market at all. So this really this I didn't know. This is the first white body. Oh wow! Uh, the I first, mean, except yeah, yeah. The, the Airbus three fifty that came in was almost four years now since the since Jet you know went went sort of bankrupt. So, so but there have been triple sevens, but again not huge huge numbers. It's pretty small fleet. So this was a pretty big thing for Air India, and I think it also marked the sign that their fleet is being renewed. You know that the renewal of the aircraft. Because no matter how good your customer service is, your brand is, if your aircraft do not meet those expectations that passengers want to see within the aircraft, you know, like you talked about the ambience and beyond. It's a 20-year-old aircraft, but it's been refurbished. So that's what matters. So I think this was a really big day for Air India to have this aircraft coming. But the funny thing is, they were a little bit lucky because it's an ex-Aeroflot, uh, you know, it, was being, it had been ordered by Aeroflot. And of course, because of the sanctions, they could not take delivery of it. So Air India has benefited. And I think a large product, part of the hard product inside is still the original product that has been ordered by Aeroflot. So that's interesting to see. Which is quite decent. Uh, I think Turkish has also um, one of the Aeroflot's ordered planes. They call it uh, Turkish flood, I think. <laughs> well, uh, some people who call okay, it Turkish okay. flood. They probably don't call it, but uh, I've heard it somewhere, yeah. Um, and I think it's it's quite decent, actually. It's one-to-one, -one and uh, it's not bad. It looks, it looks quite good. Um, I'm curious to see how their original Air India product, new product, will look like. Correct. And I think that'll be the interesting fact to see. I don't know which aircraft is going to come in on, but I think what they've also done this time is they've done a lot of the rebranding in terms of, you know, things like the cutlery, the amenity kits, the blankets, the food service, the food presentation. And it's interesting to note that the Maharaja, which is the king, the Maharaja is English is king for Maharaja, which was the icon, you know, uh, for, for Air India of, you know, welcoming people. They sort of retired him generally, but the only places where they've kept him is perhaps in premium classes on cutlery like the cups and stuff like that. So his image has been retained there and it gives you a little bit of an elegant and regal sort of, you know, mystical view of India to see the Maharaja's face looking at you and sort of saying, okay, enjoy your cup of tea or whatever. So I think it's interesting times for India uh, and it'll be interesting to see how Air India develops as a competition uh, for, you know, the other carriers in the region. But of course, remember, they have the backing of uh, indirect backing at the moment of Singapore Airlines because Singapore Airlines owns part of Vistara, 
which is again part of the family and which would be merged into Air India. So there's a lot of mergers going to happen, a lot of changes going to happen in the market. But congratulations to Air India and the team over there on their Airbus 350. And hopefully Alex and myself will get the opportunity to fly her very soon. Yeah, we, we are very easy going and easy to pack our bags. So we are ready whenever you are ready. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was looking at the YouTube and I've seen all those YouTube bloggers, you know, like Sam Chu and uh, others. I enjoyed this slide and I was like, why I'm not there? I want to be there as well. So, yeah. Yeah, but you did, you did even better. You did even better. You were on Beyond. You were on Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So, but, but still, but still, yeah. For me, like I wish them well. And I think it's going to be honestly uh, very challenging because the airline is so big and they, they're going to get even bigger, you know, with this merch, right? So how do you make a rebranding of such a big airline? It's going to be a really long way. Uh, but hey, you need to like start somewhere. Everything starts with just one step. And uh, I think they are off to a good start and uh, wishing them well. And remember one thing, you and I have a trip planned for Goa for Fly 91. Manoj just had his first, they did their first, I think, acceptance flight. Uh, coincidentally, from my home city of Hyderabad, so they did a test flight. I think it was about an, an hour or so. So they sort of drew a 91 in the sky. So for all those who are listening, is Fly 91 is a new regional airline starting in India. And we had interviewed Manoj Chako, who was also one of my mentors and my previous bosses as well. Uh, who's the CEO uh, on on one of the few uh, one of our first episodes? So would would recommend that try and listen to the episode. It's a great read. Manot had had a lot of good ideas and insights. So uh, so that was their first acceptance flight, and uh, Fly ninety one ninety one stands for the uh, dial the the telephone code for India ninety one. So that's when you want to dial an India number, you dial zero zero nine one. And Fly 91 is based in a lovely, I mean, we, we seem to be talking about palm trees and coconut trees on this episode. You know, you've got the Maldives, uh, they're based in Goa. And one of the promises, and I'm, I'm putting this in writing again, Manoj, if you're listening to this, is for Alex and myself to be on the first flight when it departs. Obviously, it'll depart from Goa to, to where we do not know yet. Um, so, so we're looking forward to that, Alex. So you'll have, I'm sure, a good excuse this year to come to India. Absolutely. I hope so. I hope so. That would be my second time. Yeah, in India. Only second Correct. time. So I know it's going to be a flight from Goa to wherever. And hopefully it's Goa, Hyderabad. Then I can welcome you home as well. The question is, how do you get? How do we get you from Germany to, to Goa? So we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out for sure. Maybe Air India, actually. They should be flying from um, Germany. Correct. I'm just conscious of time as well. And I think we have yeah. been really talking quite a lot. And I think, you know, we had a few other things to talk about but maybe we can leave it for you know i don't do you want to talk about it now we've talked we got a few things on upgrades and food or do we leave it maybe to the next episode what do you think i think let's leave it for the next episode we don't want to you to have like uh, a very long listen you know i personally hate like those uh, three hour um podcasts except for one layovers that's the one and i i'm happy to advertise them here they're really good aviation podcast but uh, i think it, let, let's keep it one hour for listeners to really enjoy it in one shot and we can talk about everything else on the next episode so before we end let's wrap up with a little bit of what our thoughts are for 2024 so i mean how many flights have you completed so far for this year alex um i am 10 maybe already uh, for this year i think so 2024 i think so really oh close i um i mean hold on do we count uh zurich to maldives as one flight or two if we count it as two flights because technically it was two landings and two departures. So then, yeah. Let's, let's cheat. Yeah, let's cheat a little bit. Let's <laughs> cheat a little bit. I would consider it as two. So you got four over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, Zurich, uh, Berlin, Berlin, Zurich. Then I okay, flew from six. Istanbul, uh, Almaty. There must be something else. Yeah, but it's almost, you're almost coming to, that was nine, eight or nine already there. Yeah. Okay, wow. And, yeah. And you've got another flight coming up. Is it this Sunday? Yeah, it's this Sunday. 
And I will report back on the next episode how my battle against uh, Max continues. And uh, another twist to it, I am very tempted to buy extra legroom seat <laughs> because it's three hours flight. <laughs> and actually the price is not bad, right? It's not so much different from any other seat. But if they swap the aircraft and I'm in the emergency exit, I don't want that. I know it might sound <laughs> very silly and very stereotypical, but uh, you have to accept me like this. So that's the way I think about this. Let's see. Uh, like we said at the beginning, is fingers crossed. But uh, you know, but what is what it is, it is right. You'll have to accept it. Yeah, or uh, I'm I'm not flying, but but hopefully this is hopefully this is not happening. Yeah, um, but David, you have a very exciting trip coming up. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, I've got a. So first thing is uh, number one is uh, the bane of every Indian is the amount of paperwork that we have to do to get visas to literally anywhere. So you know, for me, it's like oh my god, I need a visa again now. So you go through tons and tons of paperwork, but alhamdulillah, or thank goodness, as we say over here, is I, I got a call this morning when I was going to office and said, sir, your visa is ready. Okay, you may ask me which place. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'll be making a trip next month to Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, it's something that I'm looking forward to. I've been to South Africa before, but never to Cape Town. So I'm really looking forward to the, to the trip. I'm looking forward to the flight as well. Uh, I'm not going to talk about which airline I'm flying right now. So of course, uh, Alex talked about Sun Express, correct? And of course the Max, but I'm going to keep that a little bit of suspense, which airline I'm going to fly on. But I'm looking forward to the trip. I'm looking forward to the destination. And I'm never going to beat Alex's uh, record right now because she's going to keep going at this rate. 10 flights, multiply that into 12. So she's going to end up with about 120 flights this year. But remember one thing. Maybe people, less, maybe less. It's maybe. not about the number, David. <laughs> Absolutely. And also with Alex, uh, for all our listeners, remember, it's not also about being loyal to a particular airline. It's about actually enjoying that particular airline, it could be any airline, but enjoying a particular air, a particular airline because of the aircraft it operates, the destination it flies to, the product it flies to, and I think that's what matters. So I would tell people, don't be loyal. Forget those loyalty points. You know, the loyalty points become like an Uber drive, which makes you, you know, take the same trip over and over again, no change. Whereas the way that Alex does it, you're getting some variety and something different every single time. So I think. You know, hopefully here's to more trips for the new year. And there's one thing that I'm going to do a little bit differently this year is I'm finally getting down to writing a book. And uh, the title is called The Things We Le uh, the Things We Leave Behind or The Things We Left Behind. So it's a working title still, but it's going to be in those lines. Uh, I'm going to do it a little bit differently. Every week I'm going to post a little bit of snippet from the book about the different characters. And the fun thing is it's based around aviation. It's based around semi-true characters. So part is true, part is not. And it's going to touch on a little bit of the topics that we all sort of talk about and worry about in aviation. So for example, sustainability, you know, it's going to be built in a fun way. And maybe I have a small chapter on nuts and bolts of aircraft as well. You never know. Uh, I'm also going to crowdsource it to, to people. So if you want to be a character in the book as well, and I've got a few people have already sent in their stories. Uh, please feel free. We'll make your character. We're going to change names, of course. We're not going to use the same name. But I'm sure that if you actually read the book, you'll say, oh, that actually sounds like me, you know, and maybe it was you. So that's something I'm excited about because, you know, I love writing and I think I love aviation. And I think this is the best way that we can actually talk, enjoy, share aviation with, with one another but also try and sort out the problems and challenges of the future. Uh, you know, how we can address that in a, in a nice way. So that's my story for this year, Alex. Oh, wow. I mean, I have to send uh, you my contribution and I have to be quick because I am afraid what if you get too many, then you're going to end up with, uh, with a selection process for the characters. And I definitely want to be in the book. So I put it in my to-do list for the next week because... I have some ideas. I want to be in the book. Please. Yes. As soon as you send it to me, I'm going to do a little bit of writing on it. I'm going to post it. And then you can tell me, David, I think. I, and then, then you give me your feedback. Then Super. You give me your feedback. Super. But we welcome everyone to 
to follow the suit and do the same. And in general, you can find us on LinkedIn. And if you have any um, ideas, suggestions, uh, if you want to be a guest uh, on our podcast at some point, uh, just feel free to message us. Uh, we are very easygoing. We like to chat with people on LinkedIn, with like-minded aviation professionals. So yeah, don't hesitate to reach out. And at the end of this episode, when you completely listen to it and it gets published, I want you to vote for Alexandria versus Georgina. <laughs> Alex, just call me Alex. Why need to be so official? Uh, Alex. No, it's it's an official survey, you know. <laughs> Alexandra. <laughs> yeah, okay, Alex, no, okay. No, no. let it be Alexandra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I no, appreciate no. that. <laughs> anyway, so bye everyone. Bye, everyone, and until we talk to you or you listen to us next time, happy flying!